Artlist.io Every single day I feel the pleasure Double up the work, let's make it extra Working so my mother get a rest, yeah Working like I never know I'm best, yeah Every single day I feel the pressure. Welcome back to the What Are You Made Of show here in that one studio's boy, C-Rock in the building. Happy to be back here today. It's a Monday. We're recording today on a Monday. I got a great guest for you today. But before I do that, I want to just thank you all for your support, your listenership, your viewership, however you're consuming this content. I really appreciate it. We have some amazing things we're working on, and I'm just ecstatic to share it with you once we're able to. And, you know, by the way, folks, I got some glasses. They're blue blockers and transitions. But when I put them on here... The, the reflection's too bad on them. So I'm not going to wear these today. I was going to show these off a little bit today, but um, Alexa, I can't because of the reflection. Just, it shows my behind the scenes too much. Not my behind, but it shows my behind the scenes too much. And we're not going to do that today. So uh, neither. We're not going to do either one of those. Anyway, so uh, guys, yeah. And if you are interested in that one merch, the store is up at that, the number one merch.com. Go check it out. Hoodies, t-shirts, and hats, all different things. And we're going to be adding more to that. Um, so go check that out. Anyway, let's welcome our guest today. We have Alexa Cauley in the building. She's the founder of Forever Friday Consulting, a global consulting firm that helps small business owners make their marketing strategy more fun, more accessible, and more authentic. She also has a podcast. I believe it's called Forever Friday. The Friday Society Podcast. The Friday Society Podcast. Apologize. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So go check that out guys. But in the meantime, we got to find out what she's made of. So Alexa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. Well, your time is up here to answer this question that we start the show with every time. And that is, what are you made of? Oh, man. Okay. Um, joy and grit. Can I say those two things? I don't know. Can you? Is that you just fun? did. You just I feel did like say that's it. Like, that's <laughs> it. What do people okay. usually, do they say, I know, I listened to a few episodes. Do they say like long? All, all different things. Everyone yeah, says all like, different things. I was like, yeah. I don't know what I'm supposed to. Yeah, no, no, joy no, it's and grit, you. Man. Like whatever's on the top of your head, like that's that's the the point of it. Like I just ask the question, and whatever comes in, and we and then we'll just you know we're going to converse organically off of this. But grit yeah. and joy, yeah. Okay, so why did those come to mind? Um, I like to work hard, but I like to have fun while I'm doing it. Work hard, play hard. Work hard, play hard. Yeah, but like together, you know what I mean. I think the work hard, play hard trope has a lot of like work really hard and be a different person than you are at work and then unplug and go out to the bars and have, you know, or do whatever you want for fun. I like, I don't believe in work-life balance. I think it's all your one life. And like, I like to have fun while I work. So like yeah, joyful I grit. I love it. I love it. You know, that's <laughs> like, that's like saying suffer well. That's like saying enjoy Mondays. That's mm-hmm. like saying every day's a Friday, forever mm-hmm. Friday. I see where this is all lined up and it. coming from. You okay. got it. A lot of people are like, why is that your name? But you didn't even have to ask. You got it already. Yeah, it made sense now. Well, I was on a <laughs> walk. I was walking my little dog. Um, my wife is wrapping presents upstairs. Love it. And uh, she's like, can you walk the dog before you show? I'm like, sure. I got a quick, you know, few minutes. And uh, I said, I thought, but I thought elves, like I, th- I thought the presents wrapped by elves like every time i go to christmas all of a sudden the, the presents are wrapped so i didn't know she's like no <laughs> you know who does them so anyway so i'm walking the dog and i and i uh i started thinking to myself like work hard play hard i don't know why that came to me earlier today it's wild mm. that we're talking about this now because i was like work hard play hard i have gone through stretches in my life and this is why the, like I, I got out of the mortgage business because mm-hmm. i went through stretches in my life while i was working my ass off mm-hmm. making money being successful but I wasn't having fun. Mm-hmm. 
you know? So mm-hmm. did you go through, where did this come from for you? Did you go through a phase where you were just like unfulfilled and working for money and that's it or? So it's a great question. Um, so I got super lucky. So I, the day I graduated college, I started working for Lululemon. I was working there while I was quote unquote searching for like a desk job, right? Like I didn't go to college to work in the mall and you know, all that like silly limiting belief stuff going on. Um, but I fell in love with the company. I fell in love with Lululemon. I loved the way they treated their employees. I, you know, all my friends were going out to bars with their friends and I was going to like yoga classes with people to bond. So there was just a lot of stuff that was different. And it was, I was 21. So it was like, I was like, what is going on here? Like, what is this place? Um, so I got really lucky in that my industry I've always loved. So I started Lululemon, then I worked for SoulCycle. I oversaw 26 studios. I love health and wellness. I love that area. I think it's really fun. It really lights me up. I did have a moment though, where when I was working for SoulCycle Corporate, uh, we were sitting in a room, we were sitting in this marketing, you know, strategy meeting and I was zoning out and I started looking at every single person in the boardroom. And I just, I'm like a math person. Like I really like numbers and data. And I just started seeing everyone as their salary. Right. And I was like, okay, I know that our CMO makes about 550, 550,000 a year. I know, you know, all these different people. I know what I make. I know what my counterparts make. And I was like, there's like two and a half million dollars of salary around this table right now. And I just started thinking about all the local studios and all the small business owners that I loved. And my parents were small business owners. They were entrepreneurs. And I was just like, two and a half million dollars. Like, who has that to like even just come up with an idea, right? Like no one, none of the small business owners are dealing with that. No one has that accessible to them. And I knew that what was going on at the time was this huge boom in the fitness space and the wellness space. And I, you could just see these like, you know, graphs of just like all this money and this market cap, just like increasing and increasing. And I was like, they don't have these people who are starting these things though. Like unless they're getting outside sourcing, they don't have two and a half million dollars. And there's got to be a way to help them make it that is not related to, you know, budgets that are this big. And I was just sitting there and I was like, all right, that's what you're doing. Like it wasn't even like, maybe I'll do this. It was just like, okay, that's the job now. And that was over five years ago. Um, and that's been it ever since. So I I felt fulfilled in that I loved my industry, but I did not feel fulfilled in that I felt like I was serving enough. Um, and that's where that came from. Yeah, that's the feeling I had too, is the service thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. Because I felt like... Mm-hmm. I was building people in my organization, but like I had so much more to give and do and, and, uh, expansion. I just had this expansion thought and, uh, no, nah, I love that. you. So to take us through the transition, like, did you sleep on it? Did you go through a little bit of indecisiveness? Like, how am I going to exit this or, um, how am I going to make money? Like, did you, did I, how'd that work? That transition? You know, I had a lot, I'm a really big believer in your, and I'm sure you feel the same way. And like the people around you are the people that you can work with, right? And like being at Lululemon, we had to work with so many different people and so many different studio owners that those just became my friends. And so I did, it was, it was pretty organic. Like I would just have people start asking me questions of like, 
hey, I think I'm going to leave Equinox. I want to start my own thing. What do you think I should do first? Right? Like I did, I just started getting questions like that. So I feel very lucky in that like I kind of had my business like made for me by the questions that I was being asked. Um, And that was sort of how I was just like, okay, I just have to scale this, right? So I really did a lot of like, I noticed the common themes of questions that I was being asked and I created content out of that. So I really did start with social media. Um, I stayed at SoulCycle for a while while I was still building and, you know, just getting that incremental revenue up. Um, But I would create content out of every question that someone asked me. I would just be like, hey, is that okay? You know, I'm just going to like everything I'm telling you right now, I'm also going to put it on the internet, right? Because like we know how the internet works. Like whatever one person is asking you, 20 other people are thinking it. And if you can make that information available to those 20 people, like you're going to be pretty set up with your own strategy. So I just started kind of doing that. Um, Then I created the podcast, made, you know, the Friday Society podcast where I would just give people advice. I'm like, hey, if this is what you're looking at, if you want to open up studio number two, if you are, you know, struggling with like this part of your business, here's how to help you out. Um, And then so it kind of just took off from there. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So I always talk about when I decided to get known podcasting became the thing. It's awesome that you started one. Did you start going on as a guest at that time or did you wait a little later to be a guest on podcasts? I, it kind of happened around the same time. Um, I just, I wanted to start the, the podcast I actually started because it was COVID and all these like panels and in-person events that I was used to having just weren't happening anymore. And so that's where I was like, I miss these conversations. Like, let's, you know, just bring them up. I was like, maybe I'll just put them on YouTube. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I'll put it on a podcast. Um, so that happened pretty much around the same time as when I started become- going on shows and, you know, talking to some fun people like yourself. Yeah. And so what you're doing, and I talk about this a lot with people, is that you're creating content from the podcast, from the videos you're shooting, all this stuff, right? And then you're becoming omnipresent to the people that mattered for your business. Mm-hmm. right? They're seeing the stuff. So then from there, you're not monetizing yet. How did you begin to monetize? Like what was did, like, did you have, did you know how to put an offer together? Like how did that all work? That took me a long time. Um, I only worked with one-on-one client. I only made revenue from one-on-one clients for a very, very long time. But even that, even that first yeah. one-on-one, like how did you yeah. get over the hump that most people have problems with, with asking for money, right? Yeah, I, you know, there's a lot of imposter syndrome that I think you just need to get over. And I I do think that once you realize everybody has imposter syndrome, you kind of just like move right past it. I had, again, I had a lot of friends, a lot of people that I knew in the industry, in the whole wellness industry that were asking me, hey, could you actually help us do something like that? Right. Because like it would start, they would ask me questions and then they would say, okay, well, how much do we have to pay you to actually do that stuff for us? So I started out just doing one-on-one marketing services for small business owners. Um, the demand for so I would, you know, I would put together a quick proposal of like, this is what I think it would be. This is how many hours. This is what I'm going to charge per hour. Would send it over. They'd say, great. You know, you figure it out as you go. Set up my Stripe account. Set up all this different stuff. Um, and then started realizing that that was not where the joy was at all. I did not like being, you know, having 30 of my own hours that were allocated towards somebody else. So 
that was, I really, it took me about three years to understand that the one-on-one doing work for someone was not where the happiness was. Um, the happiness was in like the meetings and the conversations and the brainstorms. So, you know, switched into doing like one-on-one consulting. Um, and then again, just switched into courses and memberships and being able to scale a little bit deeper. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Cause, um, if you're just selling your time to someone else, you might as well work for Lululemon. Right. You know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, and then, uh, when, when was it that you really felt like, Oh crap, this is something I could really do it's starting to work. This is something that's taken off like momentum. <sighs> yeah. So I, so I, I formed my LLC February 21st of 2020. So I had been doing like one-off stuff and you know, it was, it was right before COVID that I was like, all right, this is taking off. I'm making enough money to support myself. I'm going to do it. February 21st, 2020. Right. So I'm like, great. I've got, you know, 15,000 in monthly recurring revenue. Like, this is great. I'm going to set myself up for success and blah, blah, blah. Two weeks later, every single gym, every single wellness business closed for like a year and a half. Right. And I'm in New York. And so we were um, one of the most strict with gym, like gyms didn't open for a really long time. And all of my clients were like, okay, we need to put on pause. Like, we don't know what's going on. We have no money coming in. And that was the first time that I started a group thing because I was like, okay, got it. The one-on-one thing is, you know, right now, like the money is just not where that's going to be for me. But what I do know is that small business owners don't know what to do right now and they do need some help and they need someone to teach them because up until COVID, I feel like a lot of people had been outsourcing all this stuff. They just hired someone to do their emails and they hired someone to do their social media. And then all of a sudden, everybody was faced with, shoot, I actually don't know how to do this myself. Mm -hmm. And they needed someone to teach, how do you do it yourself? And so that was my first group marketing course. It was a five-week course. I charged 500 bucks for every business owner. I had about 10 people in there. And I was like, all right, cool. Like this, this makes sense. Um, and then that really influenced how everything changed from that point on. Yeah. So then from there, where have you taken this thing? Mm-hmm. Where have you taken it? Because I, like, I want to get this answer and then I want to dive back, go into the past. I want to hear more of your story. But yeah. But where have you taken this thing now? Where are you now with it? What's your focus now? And uh, what's got you excited? Yeah. So I have a membership. It's called the Friday Society Membership. There's 105 business owners in there and they are in every single continent um, all over the world. So I give, we do marketing advice. Um, So every single month I choose one topic. I have like umbrella topics of marketing, brand awareness, client retention, messaging systems, all that fun stuff. Every month I do a training on, you know, SEO and brand discoverability or client retention, nurture sequences, your email, your email marketing automations, like all that sort of stuff um, I train on and everybody is really supportive of each other and the community is really just taken off. Um, So that's my primary focus. That's really what I do a lot of. And then I'll do some fun like one-off courses. Um. 21 day challenges. Like I'm doing a social media challenge for the whole crew right now. So just some fun stuff to get people showing up, having fun with their businesses um, and just really liking marketing again. Yeah. And so what if they come to you and say, Hey, do you, can you take care of this for me now? Like you say, no. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I say, um, you know, I I teach you how to do it. That's, that's what I like to do. So. Okay. So we're on, I mean, we're recording right now, but I'm going to, I'm going to show you something. So what I do (laughs) is I would 
say yes mm-hmm. and then find somebody you trust mm-hmm. and then created a separate department of your company. It's kind of like a, like, this is what we do, right? Yeah. Like, I, I, and everybody listening, this is something I just figured out one day and I'm like, oh shit, I don't, can't believe I didn't think of this before. <laughs> and I started doing it. But like, if I'm an, I'm like in the middle, right? And I have mm-hmm. my strengths and that I do, which is we do podcast bookings, right? Mm-hmm. And then I have somebody that says like, hey, we do Instagram growth or we do, uh, you know, we can get you onto radio or whatever, like all these different publications, this and that. The imaging thing that we, we just get launching. I'm in the middle and then I created a team around me and my A team is still, it's like outside, but it's still part of my company. It's me. I'm mm-hmm. representing and I have a relationship with these people. I trust them. And, uh, and then, so yeah, we take care of it. I don't want to do it myself. Of course not. Mm-hmm. You know? So like something to think about is like these things that come in, that's the same thing when people, I didn't mean to turn this into a cons- consultation myself here, but no, I you're just so right. People. You're so right. And that is, <laughs> it's such a good point. It is, yeah. you know, I'm always thinking like, how am I going to continue to scale? But demand has gotten very high lately mm-hmm. and I'm only one person. I have an assistant, well, I have a team, but no one who does what I do. And yeah, that yeah, has, but look here, yeah. when they, when they ask you like, Hey, can you do this for me? That's just like somebody asking you, Hey, how do you do this? And then you mm-hmm. created a course based on that demand. Well, now you know that when they ask you for that, okay, now I just need to find somebody to have my, that department. And yeah. this is the new way to do business, by the way. You scale out your business, creating departments for demand that people come to you with. Mm. And I'm gonna, matter of fact, I'm gonna put something together with this. Cause you don't have <laughs> to have a whole company nowadays, this big, heavy ship, mm-hmm. that's with a P, this big, heavy ship, right? With all these internal departments that you're responsible for necessarily. Yeah. You don't have to do that in nowadays. Everything's different nowadays. So yeah. anyway. Something to think about. And you're so right. Um, it's such a good point. Yeah. And we're going to talk too about like replacing yourself and figuring all that out. I got all kinds of ideas here. I'm a performance <laughs> and scaling expert, by the way. So I, I can, I can help you with that stuff anyway. I love it. So, but, but what, what, uh, your story from like when you were growing up, like where mm-hmm. did, where did you grow up? What was it like growing up? What did you have to overcome as a youngster? Yeah. You know, I'm, I've very, very lucky, really good childhood. Um, but both my parents are entrepreneurs. They work for themselves, right? So like mom's a real estate agent, dad's in finance, but it was all commission. No one ever had a salary. Like I, ne- I never saw anyone have a salary job. I didn't know what a salary job felt like. I knew that every month looked different. Um, and I do believe that was the biggest thing that set me up for success because I have had a lot of friends who try to start their own thing. And the biggest piece of concern seems to come from not every month is going to look the same. And like, how do you, you know, and so I think that was a hurdle that I definitely got over pretty early. Um, is just that acceptance that every single month is going to look different. Some are going to be better than others and you kind of just got to embrace it. Um, so yeah, so it was definitely grow, grew up in an entrepreneurial household of like client first, like, you know, holiday gifts and all that fun stuff that was never, um, the corporate responsibility that was always just going on in my house. Right. Yeah. And a lot of people like they get into entrepreneurship, they have a good month and they think every month's going to be like that yeah. or any sales <laughs> job. And they're like, yeah. And then they raise their life, like, you know, level of, uh, what do you call it? The uh, lifestyle. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, you, you should live off your worst month. That's what everybody yeah. should do. Live off your worst month and then that's smart. get some consistency. Yeah. yeah so, that's really all right. Smart. So then from there, um, growing up and then, and then you went to college, right. But like, mm-hmm. did you have any, like, what was the most difficult of, you know, time of your childhood that you remember? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I'm not, 
I don't really know. I think we, you know, we moved once or twice. Um, that was definitely like a little bit hard, but yeah, I would just say, honestly, like it's the same thing, just like entrepreneurial parents, like not quite super stable of knowing, you know, um, certain things. I think that's probably it. Yeah. Yeah. And then going in and then into college, you went to college. Where'd you go to college? Mm -hmm. I went to school in Florida, uh, which was super fun. I'm from New York. So real different culture shift of going down to Florida and even just like heat, like being hot all the time was super different, yeah. but um, it was super fun. And it was definitely the first time that I was felt like totally autonomous. And that was super fun for me. Did you get in trouble at all? Being because I did. <laughs> when I when I had that, I was like, let me tell you. When I went to college, I didn't drink until I got out of high school. I was an okay. athlete. I played football in college. But when I got to college, I was just like, because I came from a small town, so I'm like, holy cow, there's girls that look like this because we didn't have internet and cell phones back then, like really. So I'm like, there's girls that look like this, and there's parties every day, like Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. You can have a party every day, and yeah. I was just like, oh, it's on. So I got it in. I put, I put my time in, you know, I don't That's know if you fun. did, but you know, high school was the worst I ever was. Yeah. And I think it's just a product. I think of where I grew up. Um, Long Island kids know how to party for some reason. Yeah, yeah. So that was definitely the worst I ever was. By the time I got to college, I think I got it out of my system. I had a job. I worked for a magazine in college. I went to my job every day at nine o'clock and then I had classes. Like I was really, um, I really did the adult thing in college. And then, yeah. you know, I graduated, came to New York city and then had another party phase, but, um, college, I was really I, I did good. That too. I don't know. I did I that was, to your the yeah. kids that I went to, you know, I was to school in Maryland. Right. And then these kids from New York would go to, you know, you ever heard of Salisbury? Yeah. Okay. So I went to Salisbury and there's a Big lot of Long Island team, kids. Right? What's that? Yeah, yeah, Big, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, a lot of Long Island kids, a lot of upstate New York kids come down, play lacrosse, all that. Mm -hmm. And so I met some friends there. So then I would go back to New York, uh, to the Jersey Shore where they would have a shore house, or to the city in the wintertime, Hoboken, Jersey City, and then we would all mm -hmm. hang out. And uh, I just they they accepted me with welcome, open arms, and I came in and I was putting on a scene in New York City after college. So <laughs> same thing. Like, I remember smoking for some reason. I never smoked my life. I yeah. just remember that I would smoke when I was up there. Like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> some weird shit. So anyway, yeah, I had some good times up there. There's um, an influence, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So uh, talking about your podcast, go back to your podcast for a second. So mm -hmm. since you started your podcast mm -hmm. and till now, what is, what is your having your podcast done for you? Like, what, what have you seen results wise? Yeah. Um, I think it's established credibility in my business. It has built the relationship. I think... There is, um, it's, it's part of the reason I think why social media videos just do so well now is like there is an element of getting to know you that happens through video and podcasting that just doesn't happen through email, right? So like, I'm, you know, always going to be a big proponent of email marketing, but there's something about like hearing somebody's voice and hearing what makes them laugh and the jokes that they make and their wit, right? Like that relationship building, I think is so important. So it has really, really helped in terms of, um, I think it does all the sales for me, right? Like I will talk about my membership a lot. I often always see a spike in memberships when I do solo episodes 
or strategy-driven episodes. Um, I will typically then always see at least like five memberships signups that week. Um, and I'll always like, it took me a while to catch on. Like I was like, that's interesting. Like, where are these people coming from? And then I was like, oh yeah, duh. Like that's, <laughs> you know, that's kind of the, that's the correlation here. Um, but yeah, no, it's really helped in terms of like the credibility, the relationship building. Um, and it's just fun. Honestly, it's a fun thing to do. Yeah. And w- what you're talking about is a cause and an attraction model. So mm-hmm. when I was like my whole life, I was chasing, right. I was chasing sales prior to being married back college, chasing women parties with a good t- the next good time, mm-hmm. then sales and then, and then money and all this other stuff. Right. And I've been in chasing, but when I decided to start doing podcasting, like you're saying, what you're describing right now is that's something I talk about is creating an attraction model. Mm-hmm. You create the pool instead of the chase, like you're chasing mm-hmm. after stuff and mm-hmm. you still can chase if you're good at that kind of thing and prospecting and all that. But at the end of the day, like, it's really nice to have an attraction model. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Chasing is not my vibe. I've never, I do not message people to work with them. I don't do ads. I don't do any of that. Like I'm very much, I put the content out in the way that is easily findable if you are searching for it and then that's it. But like, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. definitely not a chaser when it comes to business. So yeah, I, it is, it's, it's pretty nice having it set up like that. Yeah. It's awesome. All right. So what's the vision <laughs> from here? If, if I could snap my fingers like that and make it happen, what does, yeah. what does it look like? What's the future look like for you? Uh, You know, I think it's honestly just more of the same. It's just more, the membership is just fantastic. It's just attracting more people in different places. It's going, you know, I I got very lucky this year. I got to see a lot of my clients in person around the world. So I think it's just more of that, more of um, more speaking engagements, more, you know, podcast things like just like this. So all that fun stuff. I'm just, yeah, loving it. That's awesome. And so do you do live events right now with your community? Like you said, you met some of them in person or? So I've done one-on-one stuff in person or like VIP like weekends. Um, I I hosted a panel earlier in October in New York City. That was super fun. Um, So that's, but you know, we've we've dabbled so far and hoping to do a little more. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, something about like, I'm thinking about putting content houses together and having retreats that, Mm -hmm. you know, teach people marketing content, teach Mm -hmm. them about lower, like, I just want people to lower their inhibitions without alcohol. Yeah. Cause like, that's why like a lot of people don't like to do marketing or self-promotion or videos. Yep. So all the inhibition, you know, and if we could yeah. just figure out how to lower that, which most of it was put on by our parents when we were kids, stop doing that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go, go be quiet. This and mm-hmm. that. And we're all just like so programmed in that. Mm-hmm. So if we could peel back those layers and turn people into some self-promoting animals. Yeah. I think that'd be a good time. So yeah, something yeah. to think about. So yeah. Anyway, uh, Alexa, where can people find you? Where's the best place to go? So I just changed my Instagram handle and this is a story because you know how we had to shut your Alexa up before, Uh, before uh we started recording. Right. So my Instagram handle used to be at forever Friday. I have recently changed it. It is at Alexa grow my business because I am so fed up with all of the jokes about my name and I am reclaiming the handle. So it is just at Alexa grow my business. Okay, I'm pulling it up now. So you just <laughs> you just did this recently. So that's good. You got verified, no problem. That's good. So yeah. guys, go check it out. Alexa, grow my business. I can say that now. I was getting ready to stop. <laughs> I know you're like scared about your Alexa. Stupid machine. <laughs> um, let me follow you here. I, I just threw you a follow there as well. Awesome. So yeah, guys, go check it out. She's got some great content up there. All uh, right. And thank you so much for being here, Alexa. I look forward to working with you or helping you in some way and anything I could possibly do. We're friends now. So thank you uh, so much. You know, I'm, a, I'm a DM or text message or call away. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. This was so fun. All right. Hang tight. Guys, thank you so much for listening. 
Thank you for watching. However you're consuming this content, make sure you go subscribe and like and you know comment and all the stuff you're supposed to do with podcasts and your favorite podcast platform. Keep coming back. Tell your friends and family about us. And until next time, it's your boy C-Rock signing off from that one studio on the What Are You Made Of show. Be unstoppable. Thing we imagine. <laughs>